You're listening to the Sound Girls Podcast with Becky and Susan from Central Florida. Leslie Ann Jones is a trailblazer and multiple Grammy-winning recording engineer, a most respected and revered engineer amongst her peers with a career spanning decades. Leslie has had the pleasure of working with many incredible, incredibly talented artists at several historic studios and is presently director of music recording and scoring at Skywalker Sound, where she's been since 1997. To say her list of accomplishments is impressive is an understatement. Here are just a few of a very long list. She was the first female recording engineer at ABC Studios in Los Angeles in 1975. The first female engineer at the legendary Automat Studios in San Francisco, 1977. First female national officer of National Academy of Recording Arts and Sciences. Sound engineer and road manager of one of the first American all-female bands, Fanny, in the 1970s. Multiple-time Grammy Award nominee and five-time Grammy Award winner for 2003 winner for Best Chamber Music Album, The Kronos Quartet. 2005 winner Best Jazz Vocal Album for Diane Reeves, Good Night and Good Luck. 2010 winner Best Engineered Album, Classical, Quincy Porter, Complete Viola Works. And in 2018, she was inducted to the TEC Awards Hall of Fame. She has worked with Rosemary Clooney, B.B. King, Herbie Hancock, Miles Davis, Quincy Jones, just to name drop a few, plus so many more. Uh, she's also worked on video games like Star Wars, The Force Unleashed, and G.I. Joe, Rise of the Cobras, and some of my favorite movies like Apocalypse Now, uh, Zodiac, and she has also worked uh, as audio advisor for the Grammys House Sound. I'm totally, totally intimidated to talk to you. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> well, get over it. <laughs> It'll- It'll make the interview better. <laughs> <laughs> True that. Uh, yeah, we're just, uh, we just kind of started this thing during quarantine just for something to do, you yeah. know, and uh, get all some more inclusivity in the podcast world too, and get some voices out that uh, from women and, and a lot of people that uh, uh, like, uh, who do we just have on? Uh, KD and uh, a couple other black women that were kind of the first in, the industry for them and just trying to make some waves and move forward and get us all to be inclusive and diverse. So yeah, um, that just talking about it more and more, I think is, is helping, you know, cool. were you, were you on that panel at AES? I, I, I keep thinking your name was one that came up um, like where sound girls started out of. Yes, I think I was. I, yeah. I thought that somebody said you were, that's so cool. <laughs> how did uh how did you become a sound engineer what made you do that uh i took a wrong turn somewhere <laughs> uh, um you know i didn't really ever set out to be a sound engineer i uh played uh guitar and sang in bands when i was in um oh high school and um then joined an all-woman's rock band and ended up buying the uh, PA for the band. And so when, when the band broke up, I got the PA back and, and um, started uh, doing sound for other people, helping them arrange their backgrounds and things like that. And I just uh, really enjoyed the whole thing about um, mixing. And the, 
I don't know, power is the wrong word, but I, I could really affect somebody's performance by the balance that I mm. could achieve even with a, you know, rudimentary PA. So I had a couple of, um, of friends who had PA uh, equipment. We sort of uh, put a company together and we were doing live sound for people and I was working for a record company at the time and I actually wanted to be a record producer and a manager. I never thought I would be a career sound engineer, but I thought I should learn something about engineering. And so uh, I asked uh, Phil Kay, who ran the studio, if he would give me a job and uh, and he said yes. And I, I had one last tour to do uh, with the uh, all-female rock group Fanny. So I did that tour and then came back and started at the um, studio. And and when was that, when you came back off the road and started at the studio? It was probably, um, I don't know, early 70s. I want to say 73, 74, something like that. So there was like nobody probably that looked like you or acted like you that was in any of the studios for sure at that time. Not that I, I knew of, you know. I mean, I think uh, in retrospect there were other women at different studios, but there was no kind of organized way to find them. I did join a group called L.A. Women in Music, and um, but the only audio engineers in that group were uh, classical uh balance engineers no non-classical um engineers and that that was kind of you know where it was at i mean i've you know since learned from you know hanging out with uh, some of the women who worked with prince you know uh, peggy uh yep uh leonard was at um uh sunset sound already and i think uh you know so there were a few other women uh, doing it, but certainly not at ABC. And in fact, that was one of Phil's uh, caveats about hiring me was that, you know, he said, we'll just, we'll have to see what the guys feel like having uh, a woman in the control room. And, um, you know, you think about that now in the year 2020 and you think, you Mm -hmm. know, how could he say something like that, you know? Yeah, this was 1973. I mean, it didn't phase me at all because, of course, I knew that it was different, and I just didn't even think about it. So, yeah, <laughs> like I can't, I can't uh, fathom that. I mean, I've only been in our industry about 20 years, and even back then, to say it was not like it's something you'd say, you know, but you knew in live sound that I'm a live engineer, you know, that there's just not, there's not a lot of women out there doing the road thing. Um, Did that ever affect you studio wise, knowing that there wasn't a lot of people that were women or working in your field or it was just, I don't what it was. I I don't remember it affecting me in the least. You know, I do. uh, I think that, um, some of my experience with other women in that field were that they would, you know, try to prove that they could kind of, you know, do everything. And I just mm-hmm. didn't 
that, you know, if I needed help, I asked for help. I was always going back to the tech shop to ask the guys questions for things I didn't understand. Um, you know, I, I think the other thing, too, at that time was I was pretty much self-taught. There were no classes. I mean, maybe San Francisco State had a or other colleges and universities had broadcast uh, and radio and TV classes. Right. Nothing geared towards recording. And I took a couple of extension courses um, with one of the guys that I own the PA company with just to kind of find out if I knew what I knew. And if I didn't, I could have somebody that I could ask um, questions of. But that's really the only formal training that... um, Well, a lot of stuff back then, too. I mean, that's how you did it, right? Whether it was live sound or studio sound, it was just you got your hands on gear and you figured it out. And then all of you guys probably had a ton to do with my generation having parametric EQs and, you know, more sensitive compressions and things like that, you know, which we did, you probably didn't have back in the seventies. Right. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's, I think that's one benefit of having sort of a historical perspective about this because, you know, now I see, um, a lot more young women wanting to get involved in engineering and either they don't give a second thought about it or um, that that's one thing about having a um, kind of a, a long history in the uh, recording industry is to be able to have some uh, per- perspective on it, you know, and um, yeah. you know, I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm probably as well known as I am, not only because I was one of the few women doing it, but it seemed to be like when I joined the automat staff, <clears throat> um, they're, um, uh, you know, there were articles written about me and things like that. There was a lot of, uh, you know, PR around that. And that's kind of uh, started my you know, journey of being more um, well-known. So, um, but I think also, you know, it, it um, now when uh, I think about the industry, there's certainly a lot of a lot more younger women like yourselves that are involved in audio that are really um, passionate about it, that um, want to do it. And, um, you know, and I think some uh, young women just go for it and don't, you know, think twice about it. And others continue to have this kind of chip on their shoulder, like they have to prove something. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the only thing you have to prove is that you know how to get a good drum sounds. And you know, <laughs> I, I, I learned that um, early on, you know, um, I, I remember sitting at in Studio B at the Automat getting ready to do a recording session and the client kind of came down the hall and turned the corner and said, um, you know, hi, nice to meet you. Who's our engineer? And I said, it's me. And you could sort of, you know, see the look on their face, <laughs> but, you know, an hour later when I got drum sounds, uh, I, I could do no wrong. So I think I spent most of my career trying to, um, uh, you know, being able to exceed the already built in low expectations of what I might be able to do. And that was not difficult, you know, but I, yeah. I didn't see it as having to kind of prove myself or I'll show them. It's just, I did what I did and it turned out to be. What you did want, your job. You know? 
That actually answers our question. We were going to ask you about a quote that you had that said, it's not just about being in the room when the magic happens, but the things that you do while you're in that room. And you kind of answered that for us already. You, you got in the room and you did the job. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and it's not, um, I don't know. It was never just either about doing the job. It was about kind of the creative partnership with my, my clients. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that I think, even though I'm a recovering guitar player, that, that kind of <laughs> training, being brought up in the music business, having that be part of my life for as long as it did, allows me some, I don't know, second sense maybe about what what the clients that I'm working with want, how to achieve that, uh, and and I think that that helps um, as well. It's not just about the technology. You know, I still have to read about technology, so but that's a of of comfort to anybody. <laughs> it is actually, yeah. but I also it's also inspiring to me. <clears throat> excuse me, uh, that you haven't, you know, that you've worked this long in the industry and you're at the top of your game and you have all these Grammy awards and you're still learning. You know, um, that's inspiring to me because I love to learn and I think a lot of engineers do. That's why we do what we do. Mm-hmm. You know, is the challenge. I think a lot of times of of what can we accomplish next? It's such an evolving technological section, you know, like there's new stuff coming out every day. And uh, especially like I I work a lot more in video now and there's so many new things that I'm like, Oh my God, I can't keep up. Um, So I I find it really exciting. Um, Yeah. Well, you know, that that's why it's good. I think to find um, a mentor, Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. you know, or many mentors, you know, people that you can ask questions of, you know, I, I've always um, wanted to be around people who knew more than I did yeah. because I felt that I could learn from from them. And, and I've been very lucky in my career that by doing that, by wanting to learn more, that people have been very willing to sh- uh, share things with me about how to do things, about how they do things. Um, and um, as opposed to feeling like, oh, well, I can't ask questions because then I'll seem stupid. Well, you know, maybe it's about how one asks the questions. And, you know, mm. for better or for worse, everybody likes to share knowledge, whether it's because they want to appear like they know everything or because they actually want to share it, you know? Either way, um, you can get something out of them. <laughs> exactly. I don't really care what their motive is. I just care that, that I learn things and you know the beauty of our industry is that things are changing all the time uh yeah but uh you know i i kind of learned that early on when i was when i was at capital and uh we started doing a lot more digital recording and there were a lot of a lot of things to learn about sync and uh, mm-hmm. uh digital versus analog and time code and all that kind of stuff. And, um, and then, you know, MIDI was becoming, you know, extremely popular then as well. And I just kind of put my hands up and said, you know, I can hire somebody to do MIDI. I don't, it's not, I'm not a songwriter. I'm not a composer. I don't need to know MIDI for my job. Yeah. And so if I do, I'll, I'll hire somebody. I'd rather take what's left of my brain and learn about 
syncing and digital and analog and making, you know, copies and transfers and stuff like that. So that's, you know, so you, you might, you might find yourself at that same point where you just, you realize yeah. you, can't, you can't know everything. Why not get the, you know, younger person who's been doing this so many more years and let them discover and explore and just, you yeah. know, tell you what's up. I, as a, right. as a teacher, it's, I learned so much from my students because like I said before, it's so hard to keep up. So that's, I mean, that's wise to not have to, to not take all of the information and get overwhelmed and just like have that ability to kind of concede your control and let someone else take care of it for you. Yeah. I've, I've found like recently uh, it's also one of the coolest things in the world to watch somebody else that you're collaborating with or working with. You might be a mentor to them and then they teach you something. I, that is to me, one of the coolest feelings I've ever had, you know, is to see them catch on to things, but them also teach me. It's, <laughs> it's like, okay, all right. I can see how we can work together, even though you're 20 years younger than me. Like, you know, you're going to make me look awesome because you're awesome. You know? <laughs> and, and all of that combined, it's just, I like that process of collaboration too, you know? So in that vein of uh, collaboration, things like that, I know that you do uh, usually during the non-COVID times, uh, you head out to Massachusetts and you help mentor people. And then what you do at Skywalker Sound is also a lot of collaboration. Can you speak to um, both of those things for us? Well, they're uh, a little different, of course. Uh, in you know, Western Massachusetts, you're speaking of the Institute for the Musical Arts run by... Um, mm -hmm good friends, uh, June Millington and Ann Hackler. June, of course, uh, was uh, one of the founding members of um, the all-female rock group Fanny. <clears throat> and um, June and Ann started uh, uh, IMA here in Northern California, actually, God, many, many years ago, and then eventually moved to uh, Western Mass. And um, they do uh, performance classes as well as um, they then they added a recording track. They built a small uh, control room designed oh. by um, John Storick. And so I've been going to Western Mass for, I don't know, close to 20 years, I guess. Um, Very cool. I, I, um, to teach half of the recording class. And uh, these are girls and young women who, you know, have... Uh, most have no recording experience at all. Uh, many of them have gone through the performance camps, so they have experience collaborating and songwriting and learning about their instruments and, and uh, you know, perhaps getting their feet wet a little in um, recording. But there's, there's definitely a culture of collaboration at uh, IMA, and uh, so it's, it's good that uh, the girls have gone through that because then they That's awesome. come to the recording class kind of um, already having experienced that and some of them already know each other and so I do uh, it's a 10-day course I, I do the um, uh, first half which is probably the most boring half uh, <laughs> you know but um, going through a glossary setting up different microphones having different girls sing through the microphone so that they can each hear what 
the other girls sound like and can try, begin to articulate mm -hmm. uh, what they're hearing, to have to really think about what it is they're hearing as opposed to just, well, I like that or I don't like that. Well, why do you like that? What is there about it that's good and what, what is there about it that's bad? That's great. Uh, you know, and that kind of stuff. And then the second half of the class, uh, Roma Barron and Leanne Unger come and do the final overdubs and um, uh, mixing. So that's been very gratifying for me. I don't expect any of the girls to decide to be recording engineers, you know, but uh, it's more mm -hmm. about um, self-empowerment and yeah. being able to, you know, understand Pro Tools or GarageBand or buy a microphone, record yourself, not have to be dependent on uh, anybody else and understand what the technology is. Unfortunately, in the year of COVID, this was my last year and we, um, I brought in a, a wonderful engineer who uh, lives actually in my neighborhood, uh, Heidi Trefethen, and she's going to take over for me. So <clears throat> we had plans for her to come to Massachusetts with me, and we were going to, you know, sit through the whole thing. But we had to completely redesign everything for uh, yeah. online. So uh, it was a, a bit of an inauspicious end, but uh, <laughs> but um, it's all good. So, good. you know, I, I don't really know how that relates to my work at um, Skywalker. I'm not sure what kind of connection. I think it, it should have been a two-part question. My brain just kind of spit out that second one. Uh, that I guess at Skywalker, my thought pattern there was you collaborate with a lot of people to do what you do and get your jobs done. Um, I don't think a lot of people, I mean, that I know of anyway, know exactly what goes into recording in somebody in a studio at that level of orchestration, I guess, for say Halo or something like that, that you're working on. Um, and that somewhere in your, in your upbringing, you had to learn how to collaborate with a bunch of different people. And like you were saying, you don't do MIDI. So someone else has to do that. Um, uh, how do you, how did you work through collaborating with so many people? and saying, here's what my position is, and here's what yours is, and being kind of the head of that? Well, you know, I think it's, um, you know, I, I have two different jobs at Skywalker. You know, one job is one job is running the um, scoring stage and being responsible for the staff and being the person who talks to the clients when they call about booking time. You know, mm -hmm. some people don't even know I'm a recording engineer, so that, you know, <laughs> keeps me humble. And, um, you know, so that's kind of the studio admin part of my brain. And so I have to collaborate with them. I have to make sure to ask the right questions to find out what it is they need to help them figure out how much time they need, what's possible, how many people have mm -hmm. to be on the recording session, because the number of people really dictates how much it costs, you know, it's mm -hmm. Much less expensive if I only have to provide an assistant engineer than it is if I have to provide five people. So, um, you know, there's that part of it. And then there's the part about actually, you know, being the engineer. But, you know, the whole nature of recording music is collaborative. It's mm. not just like it's unique. Um, it, it is collaborative. Whether you're the setup person, um, 
and somebody hands you a drawing and your job is to set the microphones and the chairs and the stands up based on that person's drawing. Uh, mm-hmm. You can't go around saying, Jesus, why did this person pick this? You know, yeah. <laughs> I mean, your job is it, it, everything we do, no matter what level you are at is a service job. Uh, yeah. If you're starting at the bottom and you're picking up food, if somebody ordered fries, don't forget the fries. You know, yeah. your job is a service job. If you're setting up the microphones um, and you don't understand something, make sure to ask uh, questions. If you're the assistant engineer, I, I, you know, I always used to, when I was assisting, I always tried to think like the engineer and anticipate what they might want. I would um, pay attention to the musicians in the studio if they were having headphone problems or something like that. You know, I would be, um, mm-hmm. I, it allowed me to respond to things very quickly. And I think that that's why people enjoyed having me um, on their uh, projects. And it's the same thing when you're sitting in the big chair or you're um, producing. It's all about collaboration. It just takes a different type of collaboration at each each stage. Um, and, um, you know, I'm very lucky at Skywalker. There's so many smart people that work there. It's, uh, you know, it keeps the bar very high. Yeah. And um, we're very much of a yes organization. I think that that comes you know, from from George uh, initially, mm-hmm. because Skywalker ILM, they were all companies developed to um, say yes to what he w- needed to make his movies, and mm-hmm. um, and that that is part of Skywalker's culture. If a client comes in and wants something, our job is to try and make that happen. Um, and, you know, and that's that's its own form of collaboration because the staff has to work together. Yeah. And, uh, you know, without having any ego involved. Uh, so I, I, I think that level of, um, of you know, yes, we can um, uh, uh, collaboration between all the staff, um, people not having egos. Uh, I mm-hmm. think uh, really helps all of us, uh, you know, try and maintain a, a really top level of our game. So. That that's uh, the social skills side of things is something that we try to focus on. Uh, you know, in in when I have students or if I'm mentoring someone, because that's you can have all of the technical knowledge and you can know every single thing and and feel really you know, egotistical about it. But if you're an asshole, no one wants to work with you. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, but they don't, uh, they don't always want to hear me say that because they're like, well, (laughs) I'm awesome. So obviously they'll just deal with it. And I'm like, no, (laughs) no, because someone else is going to be awesome and nice (laughs) and easy to work with. And so, uh, yeah, (laughs) it's, it's refreshing to hear that from, uh, uh, you someone who uh deals with a lot of amazing people because they are amazing at their jobs and i mean they wouldn't be there if they weren't yeah and so for them to be humble as well is amazing yeah i mean i i i do think that um you know good for you for trying to teach social skills uh i could um it 
it, it, it is something that's, you know, sorely lacking um, as, you know, in the last uh, five to eight or nine years just because of the way people interact um, with each other. And, um, mm-hmm. and I don't think, um, you know, it's, it's a very important part of what we, we do, you know, <clears throat> I mean, in the end, we're at the service of the artist. Uh, yeah. It's not our record. It's not our, as Al Schmidt likes to say, our name's not on the front of the record. We're lucky if it's on the back of the record, you know? <laughs> right. uh, and so our whole point is to, um, you know, make the artist sound good, look good, and um, feel good. Um so much for telling somebody to call me before 10. <laughs> uh, I'm grateful that we got you for this small window. I know you're a busy woman. So uh, what are what is some advice that you have for the next generation coming up? Could be personal, professional, whichever, mm. both. <laughs> That's always hard for me to put in kind of a, you know, a soundbite form. But uh, sure. I think just, you know, based on what we've been, I mean, you know, I can only base it on how I got to where I am by what I did. But that's been a span of 40 years, you know. But there's also a big difference now because you have a lot of young people who are not, uh, because of technology, people can re- record them themselves, of course. You have a lot of people doing um beats and making music and producing mm-hmm. artists and, and things like that, which is completely different than it was. I mean, you know, when I started out, you were an engineer or you were a producer, you didn't do right. both. And then all of a sudden you started doing both and then maybe you would, you know, collaborate on doing songs. So I think, you know, the most important thing is to kind of be, just try and be who you are and be, um, uh, true to yourself uh and um you know recognize that it's a service business and uh it's not about knowing everything it's really about knowing um what you need for the job at hand and that job at hand is going to change depending on you know, you mentioned Halo. That's not the mm-hmm. same job recording an 85-piece orchestra as it is recording a string quartet or recording a blues band. It's just mm-hmm. different, right. you know? And yet it's not different. Music is music. Right. You know? Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's um, uh, musicians play an instrument and that pushes air and that makes sound waves and that goes into a microphone <laughs> and it gets recorded. You know, that's it, it's that simple. And yeah. yet it's way more complicated than, than, than that. So, um, but you know, I, I think the, uh, the social skills are important, you know, as you said, Susan, nobody wants to be around anybody who's an asshole, you know, I mean, it's just not, and this, you know, that period of time, thank God has gone away from our business where you have first engineers yelling at assistants, just yeah. like some, you know, drill sergeant or something. Yeah. You know? Um, and yet I have very high expectations. I want things done the way I want them done. And I expect them to be, you know, accomplished within a certain time limit so that I can do what I need to do. So, um, 
you know, I think um, if I were to try and give you a short answer, it would be that, you know, every situation you're in changes and you have to be able to adapt to that and figure Mm -hmm. out what that situation requires and then give that a hundred percent. Yeah. Be excellent and flexible. (laughs) Yeah. 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 It's those, sometimes those are hard things to do, you know, especially like depending on your circumstance. So it's, it's all different, right. But being flexible is a big part of our industry for sure. My, my stock answer when people used to ask me, you know, what would your advice be to young women wanting to get into this industry? And my answer would be, don't make plans on a Friday night. <laughs> You'll be disappointed. That's and the truth. That's the truth. Our business takes on a life of its own, and it, which is not to say that you have to, you know, give up your entire life for it, but you have to have a reasonable expectation that you are going to just work and if you want to get ahead that you you say yes and and that's what you do yeah thank you so much man i'm i'm still a (laughs) hundred questions in we could probably talk all day and ask you a million questions (laughs) and even a part two on gear and everything (laughs) else that we want to hear from you uh but it's up to you i can probably spend another uh 10 uh minutes on the on the on the call if you want but uh it's um up to you let me ask one more one more question and then becky you can see where it yeah goes. ask away. i no, becky said that she read in an interview that you make your own wine uh yes do you have like uh, your vineyard what How? i don't no i don't <laughs> Uh, I, I don't have a vineyard. I work with, um, <clears throat> I have worked with a custom crush facility in Napa called um, the Wine Foundry. And they have clients like me uh, who want to make wine. Mm-hmm. They contract with the grape growers and I decide what I want to make and how I want to make it. Is it your and- private like reserve or can people buy it? Um, I can't sell it because I'm not uh, licensed. Mm-hmm. And at some point I had to decide if I wanted to go that extra step. But um, the amount of time it would take me to um, do that well in terms of going to restaurants, having tastings, uh, managing a website, all that stuff that one has to do. Uh, was just really more time than I could um, afford. I, I would have loved to have have done that, really, because mm-hmm. everyone seemed to really, and I've made four wines. Everybody seemed to really enjoy them. That's uh, so awesome. I would I would <laughs> pour them with um, John uh, Legru, who owns uh, Millennium Media. He makes his own wine as well, and at uh, AAS he. Used to pour his wine and then invited me to be guest winemaker, and, and I've been a guest winemaker with him, uh, you know, every year that we had uh, in person. Um, That's so cool. And um, so that was fun, uh, and it, you know, it wasn't too different than uh, my path at making records. It's you know, studying something, being passionate about it, asking a lot of questions, and trying to figure out if I really 
knew how to do what I thought I could do, mm-hmm. you know, whether all that information I had learned from running a PA was really, uh, you know, or was this really how a direct box works? Well, you know, is this really what new oak versus old oak <laughs> works and why, you know? <laughs> yeah. I was really fascinated when I read that because that's kind of the same thought I had. I'm, I'm really into coffee. And I just started getting into wine this last year a little bit. And it's exactly the same kind of thing, breaking it down, seeing what fits this, what goes with that, what, you know, that whole breaking things apart, you know, to see how you can put them back together and what they can end up sounding like or tasting like, you know, Uh, it's that same, that same thing that thrills me about it. I could talk to a winemaker all day. (laughs) I I don't know why I just get into it. It was fun when I was, um, blending my first wine because my the consulting winemaker I was working with Patrick uh he loved music and his uh daughters were in you know choir in high school and you know all of that and and so we found ourselves um characterizing the different elements that went into the blend I was trying to achieve with um musical terms and um uh and it's you know I mean I, I often equate the the sort of art of engineering to cooking as as well you know in terms yeah. of the you know the some of the parts you know is what makes uh something interesting if you change a little here you know you're going to have to add something there uh, you know if you yeah. you know add mid-range to the vocal then you're going to have to uh you know Uh, add some low end somewhere else or you know wouldn't it be better Mm -hmm. to take away low end you know (laughs) add a little less heat you know to your 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 dish and and i know that that you know probably i don't know you know it's still all so stereotypical uh you know in terms of you know it's sounding like a very kind of female thing to equate it with cooking but you know um (laughs) It's not, you know, it's just, no. uh, it, it's, um, so I, I, I really enjoyed that part about the winemaking experience. If I hadn't had that experience being an engineer, I don't think I would have been able to make as good a, a wine as I did. So that's cool. I'm excited to maybe someday taste some. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, thank you so much for taking your time talking about wine and also other cool things that you do, like Skywalker Sound Guru. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> uh, I, I'm a huge fan of your work, and I, I'm just in awe of being able to meet you. I think you're an awesome woman, and I'm grateful for you and what you've done for our industry. So thank you. Well, thank you, and it was great to uh, be invited to be on the podcast. Thank you for listening to the Sound Girls podcast. You can find out more information on the website, soundgirls.org.